Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. I guess in honor of the coming holiday, you and I are working on some spooky Christmas stories, correct? Yes, uh, because nothing says Christmas like a spooky story. Like, like horror. <laughs> like horror. <laughs> I kind of picked something obscure. Oh, okay. By all means, you go ahead and go first. Well, because you know Christmas is all about Santa, usually. Yeah. And Jesus, the baby Jesus. But <laughs> the sweet baby let's not Jesus. forget him. <laughs> but um, it is all about the children and Santa and, you know, gift giving. But nobody really discusses the elves and the fairies, which are also part of many Christmas traditions and stories. Huh. So I'm going to talk about all the evil Christmas elves. In the Victorian era on Christmas Eve, everyone gathered together to hear and tell their favorite and scariest ghost stories. Did you know that? That was a tradition. Yeah, and we need to bring that tradition back. I think that's really cool. And many of these stories included evil elves and fairies. And narratives retell how fairies and elves are tricksters and create havoc around the holiday. Elves and fairies are fond of the oak trees and trees in general where they make their homes. You can imagine how they feel about us bringing Christmas trees inside and decorating them. They're not happy. So the Christmas elves are downright scary. And if you happen to find them dancing around your tree or sitting on top of it, they are not doing it out of joy. Mm. It is their protest of sorts, and they will shoot you down with their miniature bows and arrows, zap you with their wands, or steal the toys, snacks, and perhaps even going so far as to kidnap the naughty children, oh yes, and replacing them with changelings. Changelings are an identical copy of the former child that you had. That's creepy. Except without a soul. Oh, God, that's even creepier. So, yeah. So these um, changelings are an identical copy of the former child. And that is super spooky. Santa's elves are really disguised as do-gooders, but will end up eating your children. They were soul-stealing little trolls, according to the Vikings. And if your kids were bad, they would gladly kill them. Hmm. Sightings of them have been reported as far back as 500 AD. Norse mythology states that elves are hidden little folk, and many are suspected to be living in homes while the owners are unaware of their presence. Hmm. Mm-hmm totally unnerving Mm -hmm. they acted out justice on the families they were living with if they felt the household was generally good they would protect the family from harm leaving small gifts or presents or doing small household tasks and even protecting their pets and livestock but the christmas stories of santa's elves put them in a whole new category because slaves they were not So the legend that Santa keeps all these elves to pound out toys nonstop for all the children around the world, it's a bit like Amazon's business model and more of a modern (laughs) invention. 
<laughs> I like that analogy. Yeah. So in medieval times, people started to lump elves and fairies into the same category as biblical demons. Wow. And as years passed, the production of literature and theater started to slowly make these magical creatures into adorable, harmless, and mischievous little entities. But ghosts and the darker side of Christmas has always been part of the holiday, and even Christmas cards were a bit twisted. Before the tradition of sending cards became the norm, letters were sent wishing relatives and friends a Merry Christmas and well wishes for the upcoming New Year, and of course a recap of the previous year's memorable events. Once cards started circulating in mass, print shops would find any images they had on hand to add decoration, and as a result, people would find the oddest things on their holiday cards. For example, frogs stabbing a fish, sad <laughs> horses, kittens being served up on a plate, no, or dead birds. Mm. But the dead bird image was really popular because it was good luck to kill a robin or wren on Wren Day, which is also celebrated on December 25th. So if you got a card with a dead bird, it was considered a wish for good luck. And this explains why, you know, my grandparents had so many ornaments of robins and birds in their tree. <laughs> Dead I <ones>? never, <laughs> no, they were, I just, I, they, uh, they always had like these decorations of robins and wrens birds, and birds. Yeah, birds tend to get thrown into the Christmas decor quite a bit. And I, I've always thought it was because you take a tree and put it inside and sometimes you might find a bird in there, like a real one. Right. Okay, but you also find bugs, and those aren't and part spiders. of the Christmas tree ornaments, but they're not as pretty. So. Are you going to talk about all the evil spiders that come in on the trees? I might. Oh. I might get to that. Okay, good. Good. But yeah, they um, they definitely hang out in trees, so that does <laughs> make sense. <laughs> of course, we have wonderful Christmas ghost stories that were published in magazines well into the early 20th century, featuring children freezing to death from the cold and Santa depicted as a peeping Tom spying on children through the windows. Oh my god, this is getting creepier all the time. Yuletide being so close to the winter solstice was once considered to be the most haunted because of the lack of light being the longest night of the year. That makes sense. So the season was always filled with illness and severe storms, so it's natural to associate all kinds of tragedy and dark forces to the holiday. Yeah. At one point in time, the Puritans put out a request for ending the celebration of Christmas because it had no biblical basis for being Jesus's birthday on the 25th day of December. True that, Puritans. Yeah, so they knew, like, yeah, there's like, no this way. Is, this is bullshit. There's no way it was celebrated <laughs> on the 25th day of December. This is one of those bullshit narratives that the media wants us to believe. <laughs> well, they didn't fall for it, but obviously they didn't get it overturned. And by the way, do you know that more than half of Iceland believes in elves? I would believe it, yes. Okay, because you researched Iceland <laughs> I did, stories. I did Iceland stories, too. So now you know. I do. According to the National Geographic, certain roads in Iceland are built around boulders or land where elves are thought to live. One man who was a former member of parliament swears his life was saved in a car accident by a family of elves. Local children will leave their shoes out for the elves called Yule Lads to fill them with treats. Icelandic law was written in 2012 to protect any place that is thought to be inhabited by these magical creatures as a cultural heritage landmark. 
It's often thought that during Christmas and New Year's Eve, these elves are most often seen because they choose this time to change residences. Hmm. I guess they move around. Okay. But modern day creepiness has to be the tradition of the elf on the shelf. <laughs> yes, that a, is creepy. A fun game designed to bring a magical element to Christmas, but is incredibly demented. <laughs> elf, <laughs> that's me saying it's incredibly demented. I like how you but, said it, it's like a newscaster. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Elf on the shelf appeared as a toy elf to be purchased around Christmas in 2005. Not only do elves have to pound out toys, but now they're designed to be informed to Santa. They sit out. They spies. Sit, yes. Evil they, spies. Evil spies. They sit out during the day and at night fly up to the North Pole to report their findings on who is naughty and who is nice up until Christmas Eve. Children, upon waking each morning, will find the elf sitting in a new place around the home, a.k.a. Parents have the responsibility to make sure they're moving the elf at night so the children will think it's magic. And then the children are told they aren't allowed to touch it or the magic will be gone. Yeah, pretty cool <laughs> rules, huh? But here's the, here's the catch. Yeah. These little elves have spooked many parents with appearing and moving by themselves. This story taken from ThoughtCatalog.com by someone using the ID Bloop Bob said, We had an elf on the shelf as a kid. I walked downstairs and it was in the same spot as the previous day. So obviously their parents didn't move it. Mm. It was in a little glass candle box that had a latch on it. Being small, I assumed the poor thing couldn't get out and was locked in there all night. So I unlatched the door. I went upstairs to tell my parents, but they were both sound asleep. So I went to tell the only other person in the house, my baby brother. After I told him the elf was trapped all night, I walked back downstairs and it was hanging in the chandelier. Ew. At the time, you know, he thought the elf was magical and alive, so it didn't scare him. But now he said he's just terrified and sometimes he wonders if he just imagined it all, you know, but Did it he just haunts him to ask this day. his parents if they remember finding the elf on the shelf in the chandelier? I don't know. He didn't elaborate oh. on the story, but yeah, that would be, mm, yeah. I would ask. But no. his parents were sound asleep, so. I'd be having a bonfire that very evening. Yeah. Using that elf as kindling. That is so freaky. Mm -hmm. The scary thing about these elves is they are teaching kids that it's okay to be watched all the time. <laughs> Get used to it, kids. You know, you know, I think it's so great to have privacy, the ability to screw up sometimes without anybody knowing. Mm. I was always so proud of myself for fooling Santa Claus when I discovered presents on Christmas morning. I was like, <laughs> holy shit, I'm so good. Santa I, doesn't know. I think that whole if you're a bad kid you don't get presents thing is a is bullshit because i knew a lot of bad kids growing up and they always got presents i know so you have to be pretty bad not to and i never knew somebody who was like no i didn't get anything yeah no yeah. the worst thing that happened to me is like one time my sister and i i think we found all our christmas presents hidden in my parents room under their bed yeah because we were kind of searching for them that year we were excited Somehow they knew we found them. Mm -hmm. So they returned all the presents and got different <laughs> ones on Christmas morning. Oh, wow. We acted surprised um, and happy, but inside we were crying and disappointed Aww. because the previous presents we saw were better. So much better. Oh. And it was so funny. Like nobody said or admitted to anything 
we were never accused of anything. It was just the silent knowing by all of us. Maybe <laughs> it was truly psychological weird weirdness going maybe on. Maybe your parents had other kids, and those presents were actually for the other kids that they liked better. I mean, I still got some of the things on my list, but some of the other things got swapped out That'll for different you things. To look for Christmas presents. Yeah, for... we never wanted to look for Christmas presents again. I guess that not. really taught us. I guess not. So you never found your Christmas presents? We always did Christmas Eve. And, um, oh, that's lame. Oh, it's not we would lame. only do one present on Christmas Eve. you got to wake up to it. No. Like, how is Santa going to get to your house? Santa would come down the chimney when I was brushing my teeth. And I had my pajamas on. No. Yes. And then I would come out of the bathroom and he just left. Every time. <laughs> Every year I, <laughs> I just missed him. Of course but you did. I like that. Well, there was one year where we did Christmas morning and we were all in a bad mood. We had to get up and it, it just wasn't the same. We are a night family. Not and a I'm a morning yeah. family. <laughs> Not a morning family. We're a night family. So it worked better. All right. Well, to each his own. I also found a story of someone buying a cursed elf at an estate sale. The owner set the elf up on a shelf in the home and strange things started to happen soon after. Items started missing or moved. Uh, they heard footsteps and then things started to escalate in the house with the doll moving on its own mm -hmm. to different locations. Okay. The doorbell was ringing at random hours. And then the absolute worst thing, shadow people oh, appearing. Creepy. No. Demonic. <laughs> Eventually, the owner put together the connection that all these paranormal events happened after she purchased the elf. Mm. Although she did admit to having the elf pose with a large kitchen knife in some pictures. <laughs> what the hell is that for? I don't know, but that wasn't smart to no. do that. You don't add cutlery to dolls. No. Just don't. Mm -mm. The elf was later sold to the highest bidder on eBay, kept in its original packaging, and there the story ends, as nobody has listed any other follow-ups of the elf. Did she sell it that way as a paranormal elf on yeah, the shelf? Yeah, oh, I think she did. She must have. She probably made the whole story up to sell she it. She probably did. <laughs> you never know anything these days. No. This next story comes from a Reddit board posted by You Panic J. This person said growing up she never believed in elves and had grown quite close to her friend's parents, almost being pseudo-adopted by them spending more time sometimes at their house than at hers. She loved hearing all the paranormal experiences they claimed to have had. One night they told her over dinner that her elves on the bench had been really naughty lately. The kid didn't really know what they were talking about, so she asked, do you mean the elf dolls sitting in the hall on the bench outside the bathroom? The friend's mother confirmed that those were the elves and said that during certain times of the year, they kept her busy because the girl elf kept vanishing and she would have to search for her everywhere and they would also just constantly show up with mud on their shoes. And, of course, they would keep them up at night with their noises. She claimed to have just wiped off the mud that morning. She was not wanting to be rude, so she just said, well, that sounds interesting and left it at that and went up to bed later that night to her friend's room. Between 2 or 4 a.m., she woke up feeling really nervous because the elves were sitting right across the hall from where she was sleeping. No. Yes, and she needed to pass them to get to the bathroom. Absolutely not. I know. I just pee in my bed. I, I would do it because you're a kid. You could still get away with it, right? Mm. She said she just tried to go back to sleep and not think about needing to go when she heard them. 
little laughs and footsteps outside the door. She also said she could make out the distant snoring from her friend's parents in their room down the hall. As she lay there, it was as if her thoughts made the sounds go silent and it felt like forever laying awake. But just before she drifted off again, the little laughs resumed, but this time not as loud. She turned her head and saw shadows of their little feet going past the door. Needless to say, she didn't get a restful sleep. But when it was morning and she could still hear the snoring of her friend's parents, she decided that nature calling could no longer wait, and she ventured out of the room. There the elves sat, all three of them together on the bench by the bathroom. A big sigh of relief as she logically started to think it was all just a vivid dream. Mm-hmm. Taking a few more steps toward the bathroom, that is, until noticing the mud on the soles of their feet. Oh, no. I love that story. Oh. So good. Oh. Finally, the last creepy elf story comes from YouTube Twins 22 channel. Are elves real? They say. The narrator talks about he and his brother having an experience when they were around nine. Their parents weren't the type to play jokes or believe in anything paranormal. One night, they had left to spend some time at the neighbor's house while he and his brother were in their room engrossed with their electronic Game Boys. Mm-hmm. So this was a few years ago when Game Boys were hot. Hot. Hot on the market. Hot so, so hot. a few years ago. They soon heard a knock at the door and heard the doorknob rattle as if someone was trying to get into the house. Thinking it was their parents back, he yelled, yeah, what do you want? With no answer, the two brothers debated opening it. As they went over to look, they could see at the bottom of the door an open crack showing a pair of skinny little legs in striped tights with pointed green shoes and bells at the end. (laughs) Well, that's exactly like what you would have seen on an elf at Christmas. Yeah. At that moment, the brothers both stepped back, looked at each other in horror, and belted out the loudest screams they could. (laughs) The elf thing stuck its long arm under the crack, reaching out to them with its wrinkly hand and long, skinny fingers. At that moment, they heard a noise at the door, and their parents called out. They were back home. But when they came in, the creepy elf thing vanished. Mm. To this day, he said it's his biggest fear. What would have happened to them if the door was left open without it being locked? Oh, man. They would be totally toast. Changelings. (laughs) Yeah. You would have been changelings. Yeah. So that's my story. Well, those are your stories. Awesome. I like it. Evil elves. Evil elves for sure. Thank you, Carol. What's next? On the list. Well, I also have a small collection of creepy stories centered around the Christmas holiday season. Hooray. Hooray. My first story is that of the mistletoe bride. It is that berry plant that we humans like to hang up at Christmas time as an excuse to make out with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, that tradition was passed down over the years as mistletoe was valued for fertility and vitality, Carol. The mistletoe's red berry is ripe in December, so it goes with the colors of the holiday. Yes, it's very pretty. I agree. Yep. It's unclear where the kissing tradition comes from, but because the Greeks associated it with fertility, it may have something to do with that. So we'll just go from there. 
The story of the mistletoe bride comes from long ago, sometime around the beginning of the 17th century. Mm-hmm. It apparently happened in England, but it is unclear where exactly, as many places have tried to claim the legend was their legend. England, fight, fight, yeah. fight. They, you can do it. By the way, I think almost all my stories come from England, except for the couple that come from Iceland. So, yeah. England has the best stories. They, they have a lot of historical stuff. So, for the purpose of this story, we're going to say that that it happened at Bramshill House in Northeast Hampshire because that's where I read it first on the internet. <laughs> okay. So a girl named Anne Cope wed Lord Lavelle on Christmas Day inside the Bramshill House. As part of the Christmas and wedding decorations, mistletoe was hung throughout the house and everybody was like, oh, mistletoe, kiss me. Um, during her wedding reception, <laughs> the new bride came up with a game to play. So I read on one website that they got married, they had their reception, and it was getting later in the day, and it was time for her to be escorted to her wedding bed, oh. which is so bizarre. They, I know, that tradition it's of weird. everybody's like, yay, we're going to you can have sex second today. <laughs> <laughs> you can have sex. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> we can't wait. How awkward for everyone to be like, oh, you're going to go get your cherry popped. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, that's like your like, soon-to-be mother-in-law or something giving you a condom it's and weird. going, welcome to our household. So, Keep it down in there. So creepy weird. But, so yeah. weird. So anyway, apparently... She was on the runway for, you know, adulthood and (laughs) about to take flight. So um, anyway, she said, you know what? Before that happens, I want to play a quick game. Hide and seek. Yes. That's right, Carol. Good. Are you shitting me right now? She declared. You're humoring me, right? No, this is the story. She declared that she was going to hide someplace in the house. Oh, no. And once she was hidden, the groomsmen, Carol, could disperse to look for her, and whoever found her first could kiss her. So was this an attempt for her to put off the big shebang? Or maybe there was another man she was interested in. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. That's just my speculation. But well, she really liked hide and seek. She really liked hide and seek. I think back in those days, she was quite young. She's probably like 14 or something. Oh, God. So I don't know how her new husband felt about her wanting all these other dudes to kiss her, but apparently he just wanted her to be happy, so he just went ahead and went along with it. Whatever. So she went off and hid, and the groomsmen went searching all over the house. They looked on all the floors of the house, under beds, inside closets, open cupboards, in every room, and in every corner, and they still could not find the new bride. Wow, she's a good little hider. She's a good hider. The few minutes of what was gleeful fun turned to dread and concern, Carol. Lord Lavelle became distraught. Some people believe that Anne simply didn't want to be married to him and use the game as a chance to run away. Oh, yeah. Eventually, the search was called off and Anne was never found. They didn't just say, come out, game over. No. That that didn't work? I don't know. Maybe they did. Yeah. Um, But this did not stop her husband from looking for her, though. He continued to search for her for years and turned up nothing. Yes. Dude move on many many years went by he kept looking for decades until one night carol he went into the attic of his mansion and he started to knock on the walls and he found one that had kind of a hollow sound (gasps) i don't know if that sounds hollow but it doesn't and he, he started pushing on the wall and it revealed that there was a hidden room there that he didn't know was there so inside the room was a wooden chest 
that was closed and locked. So he pried open the lock and sprint open the chest. No. Inside the chest Jeez. was a skeleton wearing a wedding dress. That is so horrendous. There were scratches on the <gasps> inside of the lid of the chest from where she had tried to claw her way out. Holy shit. So either she was hiding there and accidentally locked herself inside, or maybe one of the groomsmen found her, made his advances to which she rejected him, and he threw her into the chest and locked it. I don't know. That's a creative That's a creative ending. idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But apparently her ghost still haunts Bramshill House today, as many people have seen her still dressed in white, wandering the halls of the home. This story is oh. so famous that many poems, stories, and songs have been written about the horrific events. So they do believe for sure that it happened, but there's still speculation over exactly which home it happened in. I do think it was probably Bramshill House, but there's been really famous songs written about it, and just it was a big, well-known story back in the day. Huh. Very yeah, sad. I've never heard that story. I really, that's super creepy. Super sad, super creepy. Super sad. And totally like makes sense that, you know, that could happen is an easy accident for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next story does come from Iceland. Iceland, hello. Oh. We're talking about you today. Iceland. Both and I. Yep. You are featured. That is awesome. Heavily, heavily in our episode today. I'm going to talk about Grilla. Oh, yeah. You know Grilla? Grilla is super scary. Yeah, and I was, that's what I was worried you're going to oh. jump on my Grilla. I'm like, no. That's great. Mm-hmm. So Grilla is, uh, come, is a story of a woman from Iceland that is said to be a hideous beggar. She wanders the streets looking for disobedient children to eat. So you know I like her. <laughs> Apparently, Grilla's appearance is very scary, as she is described as being huge and disgusting to look at. The only way to stop her from taking your children is to give her some food so that she will go away. So that's kind of funny. She can, like, get you to stop taking your kids if you just give her a casserole or something. Yeah. I guess people food is just as good. I don't know. (laughs) So Grilla was not very popular in whichever fairy tale land she lived in. So it was said that she was rejected by the town and they forced her to live in a cave. I think they probably mm-hmm. thought it was creepy that she was constantly peeping on their kids all the time. They were like, you oh, know yeah. what? We don't like this. You make us uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, you can't be part of neighborhood circle. No, you can't, you can't be trying to cook our kids in a pot of stew all the time. Mm-hmm. Grilla apparently was married three times. Ooh, and go had, girl. had many children of her own. And I imagine right. that her kids displayed excellent behavior so she would not eat them. I know I would if that was my mother. She wouldn't eat her own kids. I don't know. She's a little weird. <laughs> Maybe she would. So it's during Christmas time that Grilla comes out of her cave and her and she has her sack and she hunts for children to take home and eat. She even has a special stew filled with the bodies of bad children that she loves to make and devour. Ew. Parents give her regular food to make her go away, but I imagine there is one unsuspecting kid or another who is out wandering the streets at night, like as they're not supposed to, that Grilla is able to stuff into her sack for later for a later snack. Yeah, this old Grilla witch, it's interesting that she can, like, carry a full human on her back small, in the sack. Several small humans. Several small yeah. humans. She can put a bunch of kids in there. Magical. Kind of the opposite of Santa mm-hmm. in a weird way. It is said that Grilla lives with her third husband in the cave as well as their giant black Yule cat. Ooh. Uh, now, the Yule cat is pretty interesting as well. The Yule cat 
is also quite a threat to the townspeople of Iceland. He is a big, scary cat that wanders the town and eats people that have not received new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. What? <laughs> yes. I want this cat. The only way to appease the Yule cat is to lay your new clothes out so he can see it. You know, this comes direct from people doing laundry. You know, like how when it comes straight out of the dryer, your cat always has to lay on your yeah. fresh, yep. newly washed, yep. pressed clothes. And make biscuits and leave its fur. Yep, absolutely. And hairballs. So I imagine that the Yule cat is quite fashionable. So if you don't meet his dress standards, he'll probably give you a few scratches for your trouble. But the legend started when farmers were trying to get their wool workers to finish processing the wool before winter set in. Yeah. The workers who did the best job would be rewarded with new clothes for Christmas. But the ones who did not, well, they were fodder for the Yule cat. Oh, God. <laughs> I love that story. How stressful. It's like, I got to wear new clothes. I got to get those new clothes out the cat's coming tonight quick sell the silver <laughs> we gotta get new clothes you hear in the background <laughs> new clothes meow. yeah uh so that's um that's great that's grilla and the yule cat and the gr- and yule iceland the cat belongs to grilla that's no. what i read okay that they all live together in this creepy cave where they eat children <laughs> so yeah and, I and just, try on new clothes and it doesn't say what happened to her other two husbands no, but I bet there's a backstory there. There has to be. <laughs> They're in the pot somewhere. Something, something. Yeah. Nine days old. Yep. My next story is the brown lady. The brown lady. The brown lady. Not of, her to her. The brown lady of Rainham Hall. She's actually pretty famous because of the photo that was taken of her in 1936. Okay, I have seen this photo. The photo is pretty, pretty remarkable. Pretty amazing. Uh, a London photographer was at Rainham Hall for a story on the home for Country Life magazine. The photographer, Captain Hubert C. Provand, was setting up his camera with his assistant, Indri Shira. As they were setting up their equipment for a shot of the grand staircase, Indri looked up and saw a ghostly form of a woman descending the stairs. Hmm. Provand had his head deep under the black curtain of the camera and wasn't aware of what was happening. Indri had his hand... Um, um, Indri had in his hand the trigger for the flash. He told Pravon to remove the cap off the camera lens and take the photo right now. That is how we got the photo of the brown lady, one of the most famous ghost photos ever captured. So cool. It's a pretty cool photo. Now, there are many arguments about whether or not the photo is legit, but it is a very great, compelling image. It, quite frankly, it looks exactly how you would expect a ghost to look like on film. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see the outline of her gown. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. The two men swear that the photo is real. So we have to go on what they say. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, no, it's made up. Whatever. Disbelievers. You yeah. Suck. Go away. The story of the brown lady goes beyond just the famous photograph, however. The brown lady is believed to be Dorothy Walpole. She was a sister of Robert Walpole, who was considered to be the first prime minister of Great Britain. She married Charles Townshend, who became incredibly jealous after he either believed or confirmed that Dorothy was cheating on him with another man. Dorothy. He told her friends and family that she had passed away, but instead he locked her up in the hall and would not allow her to leave. 
Dorothy was trapped in the home and spent the rest of her life wandering its halls, which apparently was, was short-lived. She died of smallpox in 1726. That's what you deserve, you little cheater. Oh, Dorothy, don't listen to me. <laughs> okay. The first ghostly sighting of the brown lady was on Christmas of 1835. A few men who were staying the night in the home saw the brown lady when they retreated to their bedrooms. Oh, I bet they saw her. She was like, hey... How you doing? <laughs> yeah, you've heard my reputation. You know who I am. Uh, they knew it was her because of the old brown dress she had on. One of the men saw her for a second time the next evening, saying that she had empty eye sockets and a dark glowing face. Mm. These stories scared off some of the staff from the hall, and they never came back after hearing them. They were like, "Nothing's got to work yeah, it out." That sounds super scary. Very to run into something like that. Very scary. The brown lady was seen again in 1836 by Captain Frederick Marriott. His son Florence said that his father had asked to spend the night at the house to prove that it was not haunted by the brown lady, but that it was just a prank by locals. Mm -hmm. He was on his third night at the hall and getting ready for bed. He was in a state of undress when there was a knock on the door. A few of the other residents wanted him to come see the gun they had just received from London. Since they were other men, the captain didn't bother to put on any extra clothes. He just sauntered down the hall in his shirt and trousers. He looked at their gun. He's like, yeah, this isn't that impressive, whatever. He started back down the long corridor to his room when he saw a lantern at the end of the hall. Well, he believed it was one of the women in the house going to check on the children, and he was very self-conscious about the state of his undress and the presence of a woman, because, of course, back in those days, things were still quite proper. Right. So he slipped into the doorway in one of the neighboring rooms, and he hid kind of behind the door until she passed. So I think he left the door um, cracked a bit, and he just stood on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when the woman finally reached where he was standing, he said he recognized it was the brown lady and he knew it was her from her portrait on the wall. He raised his gun up to protect himself when she stopped walking, turned her head, lifted the lantern to her face and, quote, grinned in a malicious and diabolical manner at him, end quote. <sighs> he then shot her in the face, wow. but instead of hitting his mark, she simply disappeared. So, so amazing, that full body apparition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know she was evil. I don't know that she is. I just think she's kind of trapped in that house. And I I don't know. But she likes to scare people. Well, he was trying to disprove she existed. And so I think it was her way of saying... I'm real bitch. Oh, yeah. You know? No, that's right. That's mm -hmm. probably exactly so she why she smiled smile, like that. Like, hmm, I'm haunting your ass right now. I like that. Yeah. So good story. My last story is of the Roos Hall and the Headless Horseman. Built in the 16th century, Roos Hall resides somewhere outside of Beckley's in Suffolk County, England. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly at mm -hmm. all. B-E-C-C-L-E-S. Beckley's? Beckless? I don't know. It is said that every year at Christmas Eve, a headless horseman drives a haunted coach and four haunted horses down the driveway leading to the hall. When it gets to the home, it stops and a beautiful ghostly woman steps out. However, as the legend goes, if you look into her eyes, it will drive you mad and you may even commit suicide, Carol. Oh. <laughs> That's some scariness right there <laughs> for right. me to be like... I'm going to join you in the afterlife. <laughs> the home was built for the family of De Roos, 
eventually passed over to the Colbys through marriage. Eventually, one of those descendants from this family became insolvent and the home was lost to foreclosure. Then a man named John Suckling bought it. It passed, (laughs) shut up, it passed hands a few more times until 1909. It ended up with FWD Robinson, whoever that is. Um, on January 26th of 1909 is when two members of Robinson's house staff saw an apparition in the neighborhood, they said. The sightings were close to Christmas time. They stated that they saw a ghost about five feet, nine inches tall that appeared to be a woman brushed past them on the road. They believed it was flesh and blood, but also an apparition. I've heard that sometimes where some... Uh, people's encounter with ghosts is that they do have some sort of mass, which is very bizarre. Maybe they felt, though, it, you couldn't see through it because it was flesh and blood. It had such a ghostly appearance that they believed it was an, a ghost as well. And it was just a weird way to describe it. Because mm-hmm. apparition to me, I always think, oh, it's translucent. It's wispy or something. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been much speculation on who the woman is and what she has to do with the coachman and if they may have something to do with the prior family losing the home to insolvency. Another website said that the Headless Horseman was a member of the Blenner Hassett family who had owned the hall at one point, but I couldn't find much more information about that. Also close to the home was an oak tree where many criminals were hung for their crimes. People have seen a woman in white and a man in a brown jacket next to that, to that very oak tree. The woman was circling the tree six times in a manner that witnesses felt was meant to summon the devil. Ooh. Also, they found evidence of the devil inside the home as there were scorch marks on the brickwork inside of a cupboard that apparently was a sign of the devil. And it is believed that the man in the jacket was one of the criminals that lost his life at the tree for stealing. However, he was found not guilty after his sentence had already been carried out. So that's got to suck. That really sucks. Where's a clock tower when you need right, it and a exactly. lightning storm he's to probably, serve justice? He's probably trying to figure out what he can do to really haunt the hell out of that place because mm-hmm. he's pissed. Yeah. I would be too. Yeah, he he has a reason to be mad. That, that seems to be a just a real trend ghosts who need <laughs> revenge revenge and they yep. just stick around and yeah. they just can't wait they're they're fueled by their rage over what happened mm-hmm. to them and they want to make sure people pay and they're just put in this position where they can't do much of anything it's sad yeah. yeah so anyway those are my creepy christmas stories and i hope you guys um, are appreciating your horror and your fear at the christmas season Because we want to bring ghost stories back to this time of year as well. I think it's great. I think, yeah, the darkness of the season, a little ghostly cheer with the eggnog is always a good thing. It's the holiday season. So hoop-dee-doo and hickory-dock. And don't forget to hang up your sock. It's just exactly at 12 o'clock. He'll be coming down the chimney down. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's it for us. We're a little loopy. I don't think I don't I don't know if that's gonna go. <laughs> just saying. We should have stuck the jingle bells. <laughs> Bye. Bye. What's the what's the game they play with the spinner? Do you know which game? Truth or dare? No. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about. 
So are you all ready for the holidays? No. I'm not either. I still have a lot of Christmas shopping to do. Um, I'm not really doing much shopping, just okay. to let you know. Oh. Except for, for you. Does that mean you just crossed my <laughs> no. name off the list? Great. Now I have to take all your presents back. Thanks, Carol. No, no. You're on the list. You're on the list. You've been nice. <laughs> I've been a little bit naughty, too. Oh. <laughs> Is that tr- right? Narratives? Uh, uh, whatever. Nar- <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful Christmas ghost stories that were published in magazines well into the early 20th century featuring... Uh, at one... <laughs> <laughs> go do it tear yeah. christmas apart <laughs> no no you're you're get you're getting to my next point at one point in time the puritans put out a request for ending the celebration of christmas yeah let's get rid because of it because it <laughs> no nobody needs to have to run around at the end of the year in the buy cold. a bunch of bullshit presents for each other <laughs> when we already have everything we need anyway it's like come on Let's just do Halloween part two. To have some balance. People can trick or treat door to door and instead of getting candy, they'll get mashed potatoes and gravy. Half of Iceland believes in elves. I know we're back to elves. I'm doing Iceland stories. Well, Uh according to the National Geographic, Mm -hmm. certain roads in Iceland were built around boulders or land where elves were thought to live. Okay. (laughs) Tread carefully, Carol. (laughs) Am I going to like stomp on your story? So far, so good. Okay. But I'm scared now. Yeah, he thinks they're elves. Okay. Like toddler sized children type. I don't know. I, don't... <laughs> I didn't interview the guy to Damn see it. how tall his elves were. I'm just, just checking. <laughs> One man who was a former member of parliament. Oh, shit. I already said that. <laughs> They've been caught appearing and moving by themselves. What What was that? That was your cell phone, Carol. What the fuck? <laughs> that wasn't mine. She's getting a little loopy. She's getting loopy. I haven't even been drinking. So there's that, too. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Said growing up, she never believed in elves. Why would I start a sentence with the word said for for not beginning a sentence? And said was not on it. Or maybe it was. That was the S at the end. Said. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. So in case you're listening, we've just left the paranormal podcast realm and now we're in grammar. A lot of bloopers on this one. <laughs> yeah, lots of bloopers. They soon heard a knock at the door. <coughs> I don't know. See, I think trolls are big, but that's just what I think. Bigger huh. dwarves are middle size, elves are tiny, and leprechauns are in your cereal. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. They keep trying to take my no. lucky charms. Or they rebel. Because they had it so hard that they just say, what's the it's point? It's like the scared straight program. That would be <laughs> what it'd be like to be raised by me. Scared straight. <laughs> I'm going to drop you off at jail just for a couple days. I just want you to see what life would be yeah. like in there. <laughs> You'd be a good parent. Yeah, I think so. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. 
If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.